This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I said to you, not even seven times, but 77 times. This is why the kingdom of heaven might be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way to pay him back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Move with compassion the master of the servant, let him go, and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servants begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had a fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to the master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have pity on your fellow servant as I have pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. That gospel passage <clears throat> is from Matthew 18. It picks up exactly where we left off last Sunday in the 18th chapter of Matthew. It, like the passage we had heard last week, that we heard last week, has to do with how Christians, people who actually choose to follow Jesus as Lord, are taught by him to handle when people sin against us, somehow seriously sin against us. So last week we had one big teaching. In this passage, there are two clearly originally separate teachings of Jesus. They're connected basically by theme, but they're really two separate teachings. Please note, just like last week, this section of the gospel, in this section of the gospel, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's not speaking to people in general. People in general, obviously, are meant to hear this, but he is speaking directly to people who have made the choice 2,000 years ago, hopefully you and me today, to follow Jesus, to be his disciples. You and I can do whatever we want to do with our lives. We are completely free. Jesus does not force any of us to follow him. But if you are trying to follow him, which I hope you are, hope that's why you're here, this is directly for you and directly for me. 
So two separate teachings this morning, both about forgiveness. The second teaching gives a very good image, not the ultimate image, but a pretty good clarifying image of some of the basics of what forgiveness is according to Jesus. Forgiveness is like when a person owes me a debt, a financial debt. If I forgive a debt that David has to me, he owes me money. When I forgive it, I write it off and I treat David with the basic dignity that he deserves as a child of God. When I forgive the sin of someone who has sinned against me, when Michael has sinned against me, I write it off. I live as if it had not taken place, and I treat him with the basic dignity he deserves as a child of God. So some key things in here, just like last week. To forgive is not about feelings. I may be very happy to forgive David because I like him and I want to have our relationship restored. I may have no desire to forgive Michael because he's scum, he's horrible, or more seriously, maybe he's done something that's really harmed me or harmed other people. I really can't stand him. I honestly can't stand him, but I can choose to forgive him. Feelings have no IQ. Feelings have no intelligence. If I live making decisions out of my feelings, it is going to be a really tough life. I live with my intellect leading my decisions. So that's really good news. Forgiveness is a choice that I make with my will led by my intellect, which God gave me. In the end, it could be, it's quite secondary, that our relation turns, relationship turns out to be wonderful. Maybe David and I spend Thanksgiving together. If Michael has burned down my house, I am not going to spend Thanksgiving with him. It's very secondary. I would be stupid if I weren't careful about him moving forward, but I can still forgive him. Again, I think that really matters. It has certainly mattered in my life. You know, there are people who say, I forgive, but I don't forget. Most of those people, I don't think they ever forgive in the first place. You're not meant to forget horrific things that Vladimir Putin does, but you are meant to forgive him, to be free of his sin. So to the teaching, two teachings. First one is the very beginning of the passage. Please reread this this week, and it's very brief. Peter, one of Jesus's disciples, a sinful person, a weak person, but truly trying to follow Jesus, asks him a question. Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? as many as seven times? It's a beautiful question. Again, reread this this week. He acknowledges Jesus as Lord. He's looking for a commandment from Jesus, not like, what are your thoughts about this? Give me some reflections. He's asking for a direct teaching. He thinks seven times would be a lot of times to try to forgive a person who has sinned against him. So presumably he is surprised when Jesus responds, no, not seven times. I tell you, I, Jesus, tell you, not seven, but it's translated here 77 times. The number in Greek is legitimately translated both as 77 or 70 times seven, which would be 490. The clear point is it's without limit. Obviously, Jesus doesn't give a teaching where we get a scorecard and we do 49 tries and then we don't forgive after that. I mean, it's 77 or 490. It's without limitation. The quantity 
of forgiveness of an authentic Christian is without limitation. Why? Because that's who God is. God forgives us without limits. God the Father who made me does not at some point stop forgiving me. Jesus Christ, who gave his entire life to save me and make eternal life possible, doesn't at some point stop offering me forgiveness. The Holy Spirit of God that was breathed into every one of us and is at the depth of your soul from the moment you're baptized does not at a certain point turn off forgiveness. God forgives without limit. If I am trying to grow in God, which I am, I need to at some point give it up and accept this. If I am going to follow Jesus, I have to continue to try to forgive without limit. I've lived, unfortunately, some part of my adult life ignoring this teaching on purpose, not forgiving people or giving a limit to how often I forgive, and so have you. It is lousy. It's very dark. It's a hole that is from another person's sin that drags, I choose, to let myself be dragged down. That teaching is not the Son of God pointing a finger at us and giving us a tough rule. It's the truth. It's liberating. At some point when I just recognize it's the truth, no matter how I feel, that teaching can be what finally frees me from your sin and from mine. Quantity of forgiveness for an authentic disciple of Jesus is no limits. Second teaching is about the quality, one dimension of the quality of Christian forgiveness. So Jesus does a very separate teaching using a parable. This is specifically about people who have been forgiven, which is every one of us, who have chosen not to share forgiveness with other people who sin against them. Raise your hand in church, on television, if you have never refused to forgive another person. Finally, we're being honest in church. Thank you. So get out your mirror. This teaching is for all of us. Jesus tells a story. The story is there's a king. The king decides to settle accounts with his servants. A servant is brought in who owes him, what's translated in that passage, a huge amount. Be sure you get this in Greek. The words are 10,000 talents. A talent is minimally 6,000 hours, 6,000 days work of a laborer. 10,000 talents is 60 million days work of a laborer. If you use Massachusetts figures, the Massachusetts minimum wage today is $15. What he owes the master, the, the king, is $7,200,000,000. That's why these details actually sometimes really matter. The servant owes $7.2 billion to the master. If he were going to pay that back, earning $15 an hour, it would take him 164,384 years with no days off to pay it back. How many people live that long? 
not even Biden, 164,384 years. He cannot pay it back. It's the central point of this. It is impossible to pay back that debt. So because it's impossible, the king, these are the standards of Jesus's time and it's just a story, sells him and his wife and his children and his property. He sells them because that at least gets back the maximum he can get out of this person. The servant says, be patient with me and I will pay it back. Can he pay it back? He can never pay it back. It is impossible. The king can be as patient as the king wants to be. He can never pay it back. But the king is moved with compassion and he decides to let him go and he writes off the debt. He forgives the debt. This is you and me. The only reason we exist is because God gave us life and love. One thing that we can never pay back is our sin. When I say no to God, and this isn't just big sin, when I say no to God in my sin, even if I want to get back to God, there is nothing I can do to get God's forgiveness. You can't get it for me. I can't get it for me. When God forgives all of our sin, God is moved by compassion and writes off the debt that we owe to God. Not a single one of us can ever pay off our sin. So back to the parable. In the parable, that man who is forgiven a $7.2 billion debt finds a fellow servant. That verb in Greek can be both, he finds him walking by, or it can be he seeks him out. The second one is more sinister. He finds a fellow servant who owes him a much smaller amount. Greek genius. He owes him in Greek a hundred denarii. A denarius is one day's wages for a laborer. A hundred denarii is a hundred days wages for a laborer. Massachusetts minimum wage, he owes him $12,000. That's a good amount of money, but it's doable. He can make, he can pay off that debt. He can get an extra job on the weekend. He can get an evening job. He can absolutely pay off that debt. What does he say to the servant who's been forgiven $7.2 billion just before this? The exact same words. Be patient with me and I'll pay it off. He can 100% pay it off. There is no question. What does the servant who's been forgiven $7.2 billion connect compared to $12,000? He has him thrown into prison until he pays off the debt, some sort of debtor's prison. The other servants hear about this and they react appropriately. They tell the king about it. The king is angry. Hope you get this, this is God. The king is angry and he tells the merciless servant who he is you wicked servant, direct choice of words, you are a wicked person. I forgave you your entire debt. Should you not have shared the pity that I gave you, that I gave you with your fellow servant? It's in you. Should you not have given him what I gave you? Doesn't wait for an answer. He has him thrown in with the torturers until 
he pays off the debt, his original debt. When will he pay off his original debt? Never. He will be with the torturers until he dies. Okay, you ready for this? Jesus says what the point is. Your heavenly Father will treat you this way unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. That is sobering. If you don't take that seriously, there is something wrong with you. This is how God, your Father, in the end will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. In the final judgment, God who has given every single one of us $7.2 billion worth of forgiveness will withdraw that from us, and he will leave us with the torturers until we pay it off. Father Paul, are you suggesting that Jesus is saying, if you choose not to forgive God's forgiveness with other people, you could go to hell? Yes. That's what that teaching is. If at this point of your life, you are stuck in not forgiving other people, you who have received infinite forgiveness through Jesus Christ, if at this point in your life, what motivates you to change is the reasonable fear of hell, blessed are you. That is a direct warning. Blessed are you if you take it seriously. So there's a lot in there. Everybody can understand it. Pay attention to the details and forgive. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.